When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Buy book. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey y'all, let me uh, unmute myself. Let me welcome in the Jakes and Palmer Toms. This is the Georgia Show. Uncle Glenn Hartley is already in the mix. Guys, uh, it feels like Georgia and Ohio State are about eight years away from playing. I, I, I can't sit through all these press conferences anymore. I'm getting a little antsy. I don't know about y'all. They're never going to play. What it feels like. They're never going to play. No. I mean, they they announced that matchup like six months ago. This is like this is like trying to watch one of those UFC fights. It's never going to happen. Yeah, it's the build up for WrestleMania. Man. Yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, my daughter is uh, getting her driver's license next week. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, Gunnar Stockton's got a grandchild. I hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, all, all jokes aside, welcome into the Georgia Show. Y'all hit subscribe if you don't already. I feel like a lot's happened, though, since the last time we spoke uh, in all seriousness. Mike Leach passing was was just tough. I mean, that was something that was kind of breaking as we were live, I think, uh, while we were on the air, which was just nuts to follow along with. So, obviously, everything that goes along with that, we are uh, praying for the Leach family, and it's easy to be a little, uh, I don't know, be swept up in the moment, some of these stories, but that one has a, a real lasting impact on a lot of college football fans and SEC fans for sure. Yeah, it – Um. so, I mean, I, I told Roos this yesterday, and I think I told Palmer this as well. I mean, I said I, – I, like a moron, I just left SEC Network on, and I didn't – had a hard time getting anything done, uh, hearing all those stories. You know, Mike Leach, for years, has come across as kind of just an eccentric, <coughs> lovable, affable – funny old man you know just a well-meaning innocuous uh would be cool to run into that guy today type old man and pity's the wrong thing pity's the wrong word it wasn't that it was there was a softness that you felt for the man like like almost like he could he had something about him that like he, he could get anybody to let him in and uh i sat there and watched all that yesterday and it was hard not to like see all that stuff and know you're never going to see it again and not get emotional about it. Um, we lost something yesterday, and I don't know if we'll ever get it back. Is the thing, um, and that and that's the that's the crappy part about it. I mean, we knew it was going to happen one day. Mike Leach knew it was going to happen one day. That uh, that obituary comment he made or, or eulogy <laughs> comment he made was hilarious. Way to somebody else's job to write it. Yeah, somebody else's job to write it. Yeah, else's job to write it. I won't care. I'll be dead. And uh, he's. <laughs> I just in some of his, you know, some of his philosophical stuff on death 
kind of uh, came out too. The uh, I don't believe we just stopped being. I think we evolve and evolve in a higher state above what we are right now. And I'm like, we can all hope, Coach Leach, because I hope I get to do it, and I hope I get to have some of those encounters that. Um, you know, people like Ross Dellinger and Steve Robertson and so many others. Uh, you saw so many articles about, yeah, I just reached out to Coach Leach for a comment, and next thing I knew, you know, we were in his office. And yeah. he just uh, – just a, just a, I mean, I, dude, I, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've spent the better part of the last 24 hours searching on, hey, how can I get down to Key West? <laughs> um, that, I mean, that's been the biggest Key West commercial I think I've ever watched. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I I saw uh, Rob Cassidy uh, over at Rivals. Yeah, who, uh, I, I used to work with, and he he said, you know, I got in contact with Mike Leach, and I talked to him, and he recommended a bar to me, and I, he said I went down to Key West, and and I paid for almost nothing the entire time I was there. Like, I I was so sad by it, um, mm-hmm. and, and I I I think I told Ro this. I like he was a guy I felt like I knew. Um, you know, I think that you've run into a couple people like that over the course of your life uh, that are just so captivating, so interesting. They're uh, so irreverent. And I, and I, I, that's what I always appreciated about Mike Leach in terms of uh, college football. You know, I, I feel like everybody's so serious. Everybody's so businesslike. And there was just none of that. There was no pretense to it. It was just the guy was having fun, man. And, uh, you know, he said what was on his mind and uh authentic and i I agree with you ro i I think that it's we lost something and and it may not be replaced in the game because uh you know i mean mike leach you know for for whatever people want to say obviously there were some jobs that that he wasn't suited for because people in power positions didn't you know feel that he was a, a, a the proper representative for their uh program but i always appreciated everything he was about and um you know i i I agree with everybody. There's a huge sentiment out there right now that says uh, you need to change the criteria for the College Football Hall of Fame uh, because Mike yeah. Mike Leach needs to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Right. If, if if only if the only thing Mike Leach ever did in his whole career was drop that fake play sheet <laughs> at Texas, <Yeah>. he would <laughs> he deserve to it, be man. in the College Football Hall of Fame because that's the greatest college football story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> The best right. thing I heard yesterday was Gene Wojciechowski calling him a football bohemian. Yeah, and I just—I I mean, I was like, man, there's no other way to describe the man. I like, I like uh, my buddy Chuck Ward over here, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, says the Louis Grizzard of college coaches, and I, yeah, that's probably a real, that's a real wonderful way to put it too. But I, I was, I was, I, I didn't, I never met the man. Wish I had. Very I didn't either, man. And it, I felt like I knew him, though. I felt yep. like a lot of college football fans knew him if they didn't meet him or if they did meet him or, or if they spoke with him on the phone. It's like this guy was the real deal. And he was just curious. There was just this transparency about these gears turning in his head, the way he viewed the world and everything he did on the football field, too. He wasn't just you know famous because he was eccentric. He actually – was a pain in a lot of people's asses uh, between the hash marks too. And that's what earned a lot of respect from those guys that didn't operate the way he did. I saw a quote from him today that he said, uh, being punctual is a habit of the board. And that <laughs> if you don't like immediately think of Nick Saban, when you hear that quote and he still operated that way and he still made it work. So um, this whole show won't be about Mike Leach. I know we've, 
kind of uh, had our memoriams about him yesterday. But I think beyond this show, I just want to encourage people to not uh, just brush this one off if you weren't too familiar with him. Go down some Mike Leach rabbit holes. Educate yourself on that guy's career. Uh, he was certainly one of a kind. And shout out and shout out to you, Wes. Like I said, I commented this on the board. I put it on Twitter. But when you invoke that memory, uh, and it, I mean, I, it took me right back. I can remember the moment where I was when you talked about watching George, or, uh, watching Texas Tech beat Texas. Uh, Michael Crabtree uh, catches that ball, runs it in for the touchdown, and I was in Jacksonville. And I think that so many Georgia people were uh, at, yep. at that time and probably tuned into that game. And that was just, to me, that was such a ubiquitous memory. It felt so personal to me, but then I realized how many other people uh, that shared. What year was that? Oh, was 08. 08. 08. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wasn't in Jacksonville that year. Yeah, I was uh, – I was first in, time I was I'd in. ever been down. I didn't go to the game or anything. Just went down with some knucklehead buddies of mine. I was a freshman in college. Uh, just guys that I went to high school with. Not all of them I even went here. to Georgia. But uh, we were down there, and the game was a little hazy. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Uh, probably for good reason. Uh, a couple of those games were in that time period, and that stretch. George, George Dickel. George but Dickel. I – I do remember that game and we just all collectively lost our minds in that holiday Inn in Jacksonville or whatever we were staying in. And that's I probably stayed what in it. <laughs> I don't know if I slept at all. I don't think um, I've ever stayed at the same hotel twice in Jacksonville. So. Yeah, probably because I, I stayed, in a, down. I stayed really, in a red roof in there that nobody should ever be subjected to. <laughs> that was the game. That was the game that put him on the map for me. Like I knew who he was, but I didn't really know who he was, you know. Right. And then uh, that showed me this guy means business. Yeah. Um, but between that, the one thing that didn't get brought up yesterday is you know Mark Slaybaugh throws out that column or that story every year about his dog getting loose on the field. Yes. And Mike Leach was the offensive coordinator for that game, and he was talking about how. <laughs> He he got off on a on a tangent and talked about how he didn't know if the dog had long speed, but he was really quick, and he could probably, and that's what made him really tough to catch that day was because he was just so quick. And he kind of just, you know, like you, you know, I read a story by Ross Dillinger earlier today, and Ross was talking about how, um, you know, Mike Leach apparently had tracked a raccoon uh, whenever he was in Pullman, Washington, uh, through the snow. Players um, Tribune. He wrote all about it. Yeah, because he just wanted to see what he looked like. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I couldn't remember who wrote that article, uh, but it was it was a beautifully you know written piece, just like yours was too today, Wes. Whenever you, uh, you know, yours on our site it was as I mean, I can't imagine anybody who's met him writing anything more you know poignant than than what you had to say. And it's just you know, um, I just hope we're telling stories about him for a long time. And yeah, uh, you know, it's. Uh, he changed. The, he did change the game. That's why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, not because of his record as a head coach, but because, like Kirby Smart said, um, you got high school kids whipping it around right now and playing outdoor basketball. Yeah, I feel like um, if you only read that yeah. quote, you might take it as a dig, but, I mean, I, I listened to it and I heard it. Um, it's true. I mean, that that's all anyone does in high school these days. That's how guys get trained up and, and how to play the sport now. 
Yeah, but, just I mean, because the wave didn't go over your head doesn't mean you didn't feel it, you know. Yeah. And that's that's kind of Mike Bleach's that was a leech quote. College football. <laughs> that, 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 that sounded like a leech quote. Hey, that, that that was one I just made up just now. So, <laughs> me and Mike Leach, kindred spirits. Did anybody see also the story about him having played touch football, uh, possibly with uh, Richard Ramirez, the son of Sam? No, man. It, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he You could he, almost he, do like one of those, like, here are four statements. Three of them are true, and one yeah. of them is a lie. And I'd believe all of them about this guy. I like, just hope somebody, I just hope somebody comes in and writes a book about him. And I hope they just name it Leech. He was, uh, somebody on, on Twitter posted that the story. Pie. They said they called him. They said they called him. They're talking to him for 20 minutes. And all of a sudden they heard a whistle blow. And they said, they asked him where he was. And he was like, I'm in practice. And they said he, they were like, well, I can let you go. And he was like, no, 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 hold on. I want to get back to what we were talking about. And they ended the conversation or uh, it, it was a media day where he told him, uh, yeah, I played touch football. And then the guy showed up um, uh, uh, on the front page of a paper. He was a serial killer. Oh <laughs> they, tracked it, they, tra- they tracked it down. and they, the, the, the timeline matches up with Richard Ramirez, the, the son of fan. What a life, man. Just, just insane. <laughs> All right. Appreciate y'all putting up with our leech uh, conversation there. I appreciate y'all weighing in. Um, I see we have some early comments here, some questions. Let's just get right to them. Jake Roos, you are on the clock right now. Andy Stowe asking if uh, the Haynes-Georgia visit is uh, done. Is the door completely closed on this dog's legacy that's committed to Bama? Yeah, it does feel like uh, it, it's trending that way um, uh, to being completely closed. You know, he's spoken very highly of Alabama for some time, uh, obviously since being committed, of course. But, you know, I, I think he's really tried to reinforce that point over the last um, couple weeks, especially. Um, you know, Chad Simmons did a great piece today uh, where it drops some intel, basically saying that, you know, he expects that in a week Justice Haynes is going to be with the Crimson Tide. So, um you know, that's kind of been the case, I think, all along. Um, Georgia continued to push, and it felt like there was maybe a window uh, at a time. But uh, the nearer it gets to signing day, I think the more confident Alabama gets and should. And I think that he's going to be a great player, and he chose his own path. And I know people are upset and don't want to see Georgia continue to press. That's not the kind of player that you give up on. And uh, especially when it's a legacy, especially when it's a guy like that, um, I, I don't see it for Georgia right now. I definitely didn't have him on my projected uh, offensive mock class. Said to continue watching him, but uh, don't see it for Georgia there. Think that Justice Haynes does end up with Alabama, and um, you know, kudos to the kid because he he stuck to what he said. He made the commitment, and he's written it out, and yep. looks like it's going to go that way. So here's the deal, and I'm purely pontificating here, but. When I think about a, a high school kid that has that much on his shoulders, that much of a legacy, I'm not putting words in the kid's mouth. Maybe I'm just totally making this up. But when you see a kid change course, you, you just assume he's going to go to Georgia. I mean, isn't there a lot to be said for a kid that just wants to do his own thing, make his own path? I understand it hurts to not have him in the Georgia class if you're a dog. Uh, he's a great talent, but everything that goes into wearing that G, your dad was the hobnail boot wearer. I, I mean, I get it. If you take a step back and not everyone's going to do this, I'm not making y'all do it, 
But if you do take a step back and choose to do so, um, I respect what that kid's doing. I, I do too. I, I think that you have to, uh, to some degree, because it's it's not easy, right? I mean, the entire your entire life, everyone's told you you're the son of the hobnail boot, and you know when it's time and you emerge and you become the player that Justice Haynes is, the pressure is. I, I mean, I, I certainly can't fathom it. Nobody was trying to get me to come to their college, uh, but it's it's unbelievable. And, um, you know, I, I think that it takes a lot, it takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of, a lot of, uh, gumption to kind of go out and chart your own course and say, this is the way that I want to go. Um, you know, I know a lot of people will disagree with the decision and, and I certainly understand that as well, but ultimately, uh, I, I think that you have to give a little bit of respect to the kid for making the commitment and seemingly at this point, as of today, and I, I, very careful to case that as of today, uh, sticking to his guns as it looks like he's going to. What does it say Onions. about what Onions. Saban and Bama are still doing? Huevos. Um, he's uh, no, I mean, I, there's a lot of Ro. I think you've talked about this, right? Like, there's a lot of talk about the decline of Alabama, or this is the the death throes of Alabama. And the fact of the matter is, Alabama's still a great team. Uh, Nick Saban's still an amazing coach and whether or not he leaves uh, anytime soon or, or not is no one knows. I mean, I understand kids wanting to go there. I understand kids wanting to play under him. Uh, it speaks for itself. Uh, the track record of Alabama, uh, Georgia is uh, at that echelon or entering it. If you want to uh, look at it that way, but Alabama is the standard of college football. I would dare anybody to argue that with me. Um, and, and so it's hard to, it's hard to argue with a kid who wants to go down that path. I, I get it. Alabama is the standard I would say for, you know, maybe two more games. If Georgia can win it, if Georgia can go back to national titles, it's two it's more, two more be, games. Yeah. Two more games. Uh, you know, if Georgia can go back to back national title, I think, I mean, all of a sudden it's in dynasty. It won't have accomplished what Alabama accomplished over that period of time, but it will become the current standard. Well, that's what I was saying. It's you're entering the echelon, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, I want to point something out about Alabama too here about justice Haynes. There's a, there is a, there's a very interesting, uh, there's a very interesting dichotomy here of, of, of two teams kind of, blasting into each other with with varying philosophies and it's not about a run pass split it's about how many running backs are you going to do it with and alabama's done it with derrick henry and they did it with and they split the load a little bit there when they had damian harris and josh jacobs and Najee harris okay but but once it became Najee harris's team well then Najee harris was the workhorse and then it was brian robinson and then it was jameer gibbs and I, you can't tell me these backs can talk all they want about how I want this and I want that and I want them to take care of my body and all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, you want to produce. Running backs want the football. And I think Georgia is going to be just fine, just fine at running back. We're, we're watching it this year, guys. I mean, we're, we're, we're literally watching it with our own two eyes that, you know, Georgia's got Kenny McIntosh and Dejon Edwards and, and Kendall Milton. I don't think anybody would confuse any of those guys with DeAndre Swift or Todd Gurley but they're really good football players and they don't mind sharing the load and they're not going to piss and moan and, and, you know, get their ass on their shoulders if they have to share carries. And, you know, for, for those of you that have heard that about it being on your shoulders, that means your head's, you know, up the sphincter. 
but ultimately like they don't lose it over that and they don't they don't lose any culture they don't georgia doesn't you know miss out on anything and and you look down and you see i think three backs over 500 yards and i think combined you're probably looking at 18 1900 yards just between those three backs throw branson robinson stetson bennett the rest of them in there you're starting to look like a really formidable running rushing offense georgia's over 200 yards a game their philosophy works and if it's going to turn that top tier back off so be it what you've got right now is you've got fresh-legged Kendall Milton, who was a little bit injured earlier in the year, and you're fine with that. You don't have the Brian Robinson debacle like Alabama had last year because Georgia's playing so many different backs. How about no, this cat right here, Roderick Robinson? Yeah, they got and they got Roderick Robinson, who is the California Player of the Year by Max Preps. Last time I checked, they had a lot of really good football players in California. <laughs> some pretty good skill guys too, running backs and stuff. They they kind of you know a lot of folks out there and some really good players. This cat went to the same high school as Marcus Allen, Terrell Davis, and all them. But, I mean, I, I'm not saying Georgia's doing it better than Alabama at running back because Alabama's got two no, really good different. ones in this class. Absolutely. But they're going – you know, Georgia's lost a lot of one-on-one -on -one battles to Alabama. They beat Alabama for Branson Robinson, but they've lost a lot of those one-on-one -on -one battles here these last few years, and I think a lot of it's had to do with, you know, again, the running backs may say one thing when you're interviewing them about, hey, yeah, I, I don't want to be part of a group. But ultimately, they want to carry the mail. Alabama's giving them a chance to do that, and Georgia's doing it its own way, and it's hard to argue with Georgia's way. Well, and, and the, the other contention I have here is, look, it, you're not losing a kid to Michigan State, right? You're not losing – I mean, this is – we're talking about Alabama. I mean, you're one and two in the, the recruiting rankings. These are the teams – I mean, since Kirby Smart's arrived, that's really what it's been is Georgia and Alabama battling for one and two. So you're going to lose some of these heads-up battles. Does it sting a little more because he's a legacy, because he's a, the, the son of Hobnail Boot, because he's an in-state kid? Yes, of course it does. But it's not an end-all, be-all to me. Um, I, would Georgia prefer for Justice Haynes to be in this class? No question about it. Don't think you can spin it any other way. It's a loss, right? They're still trying, yeah. And they're gonna then they're going to try until that ink's dry. Uh, but I, I don't. Georgia, Georgia has a great class. I think Roderick Robinson is a really, really good prospect. I think his uh, film bears that out. And I think that, you know, if they want a second back, which I do think that they do in this class, then you look toward the portal. Then you look toward uh, the second recruitment period that begins after early signing day, which is where a guy like Andrew Paul came from, right? Uh, who was uh, making noise throughout the spring. So, you know. People forget. Andrew Paul is the, is the people forget of the Georgia backfield. I mean, you talk about the portal. Look at how many uh, Georgia running backs have left for the portal. They're not doing it because they believe in that rotation. They, they get what it's all about. And, and, I, and I do think that's just part of it. I'm thinking it's maybe a bigger part of it, but I do think that's just part of well, it. Well, Andy, Andy Stowe asked here, and I was going to ask. I'm glad he did. Do you think if Georgia had a featured back uh, like Swift or Gurley, do you think that's how they would – run the running back room is well, the I mean, talent you know, dictating the way Georgia does this stuff. They've, they've never gone feature back. I mean, they've come close. You know I mean? They've always had a lead back, a guy that had a little bit more than everybody else. But I mean, you know, Chubb shared it with, with Michelle and, yep. and, uh, and, and Swift, Early and uh, Swift. You know, Swift shared it with, with Holyfield and Harrion. Um, you know, Harrion, 
you know, shared it when whenever he kind of had a chance to be the lead back. I mean, you know, Georgia had two 1,000-yard rushers right there for the first, you know, the second and third years under Kirby. Um, did it back-to-back years after not being able to do it in school history. Um, and now they've got kind of a three-headed monster at the tailback position. So, um, you know, they're just and these guys. It's, and those, it's those probably – I mean, No, it's, it's, it's fair to call Kenny the, the feature back right now, right? I mean, he's, yeah, in the, yeah. he's getting the lion's share. He's not yeah, – A thousand total, not total yards. Yeah, yeah 1,100 total yards. Like right now. It's not like he's not sharing it with other guys, but he's getting, he's getting you know, more than his cut. Yeah. I mean, if you, he, he's he's their version of a feature back. He's not the feature back. Right, I mean, he's not right. out there getting 15 exactly. carries a game for you. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Georgia – I mean, I, I think if they had a, a stud standout like that, if they had a Todd Gurley, you know, he probably would be a little bit more of a feature back. But even Swift wasn't – really ever treated like a true feature back. I mean, he really did share the load, especially that 2018 season when Georgia's offense was really good. And guys, listen, man, I mean, we're looking at it right now. And I know this might be a transition. It might be earlier than you wanted to go, Wes. I don't know. I don't, but I no, think I don't care perfect. if there are no such thing as transition. I think it's I think it's perfect. Guys, look at look at what we're we're probably, I feel like, gonna see here very soon. Okay. And I'm just gonna go ahead and let the cat out of the bag on what I think about this. Georgia lost a guy last year a guy that was committed to him for a long time, and he's from Kirby Smart's hometown, and people were pissed. Smoke Bowie's in the portal today. He was a five-star prospect in last class for a little while. I think he ended up a four-star. Mm-hmm. Signed with Texas a because he kind of followed Nick Williams, another Bainbridge native over there. Nick Williams is going to Colorado. Smoke Bowie's in the portal. If Georgia wants Smoke Bowie, they're going to get him, period. If they push hard – if they really want to recruit him, if they do what he wants them to do to get him as far as attention goes, they're probably going to get him, almost certainly. And, you know, that's that's why you continue recruiting Justice Haynes to the last minute. That's why you continue patting him on the back and saying, we love you, kid, because he comes out of that portal this time next year, they're going to want to be right there waiting on him. Exactly. And they might go to the portal to kind of replace, you know, make up for the loss because I think they're probably going to try to kick the tires on – Marshawn Lloyd, I just don't envy the position Del McGee's in right now because it's not hard to sell a Roderick Robinson on, hey, we're getting a back in your class that you're going to have to compete with. It's a little harder to to keep a, a young back at ease when you bring in a guy that maybe is a little bit more established and uh, is already an SEC back. And next thing you know, Roderick, Roderick Robinson's walking in, looking up at everybody like, junior 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 senior you know third year player second year player fourth year player um palmer what do you think of all this because i hadn't even heard your voice <laughs> he's palmer's asleep over here man <laughs> he's like a flamingo Palmer's taking it all in taking notes yeah i mean it's been 25 minutes and i haven't said anything. <laughs> um, yeah that that may be a first in my life, guys. I may not have ever gone twenty five minutes before. Palmer's really excited for Chuck. Hey, we all went twenty five minutes without talking when Tom Crean got announced as Georgia's head basketball <laughs> coach. Uh, before my time, before my time, but I covered a fair share of uh, Tom Crean basketball games. Thanks, Jake. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um yeah, that I mean, left you speechless too. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think that Georgia's running back room is, is perfectly fine where it's at. Um, you know, they've, they've got, a. you talked about it, it being transitioning to a three headed monster this year. It really was that the last two years too, with, with, um, with Zamir and, and James as well. And Kenny waiting his turn, 
Um, you know, you really could go back to that 2017 season with Swift as, as the third back. They have consistently used lots of guys. And so it's, it's not a problem. Yeah, look at how Zeus went from, I'm the two ACL guy, you know, who's going to draft this guy off of the injury heap? And he gets picked up. James Cook had a lot well, to earn. He and, stuck, and, it, stuck it out and stuck around, and he earned it. Kenny Mack is earning it, you know, three-star guy, I believe. No, um, he, he was a he's earning it. And, well, what it does is, and what's attractive to these running backs is, sure, you're not going to get – the the featured back load in college but if you are able to make take advantage of the opportunity you know what it feels make, like to me it feels like i think palmer froze up it feels to me like all of the criticism of georgia not getting the five-star quarterback often you win games with who's on the team and it doesn't really matter what it looks like and i know it's and the guys it, when, are, and they're getting drafted i mean that's well, the thing, totally like, and, I mean, and that's they, what I was going to say. Swift, DeAndre Swift, James Cook, Zamir White, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. These guys have all gone in the draft. Now they're not first round backs, but that's a that's a rare commodity in today's you five, world. You, you just rattled off five guys. Yeah, that's a unicorn. Yeah. Well, and and what is happening is that those guys are being sold that they can save their legs for the NFL. I mean, yeah. the NFL doesn't want to take a bunch of guys that are washed up. They won't trade on the tire. It's working yeah. out for DeAndre Swift, right? I mean, he's a feature back. Yeah, four top to four in the top two rounds. So, right. you know, huh. four, I mean, you know, because Swift and Chubb were taking on the exact same pick, um, which was, I think, 33 overall yeah. or 34 yep. overall. Uh, Sony. Uh, Sony was a first. Oh, you mean years apart. Years apart. Sony was a first. Yeah, yeah, after Sony was the only first. And then Chubb and Swift went the exact same pick, I believe, 33 or 34 overall. Yeah. Um, two years in a row. 35 overall. It was 35 overall. I wonder how Belichick feels about that one. Tyson Campbell went 33 his year. Yeah. And then, you know, Chubb and uh, Swift both went 35 overall. I think uh, Cook also went second round and Zamir White went fourth round. Um, All of those, all four of those guys tested real well that could test. Um, I don't think Swift ever tested. Um, Yeah. Because, because that would have been the COVID combine. Yeah, that would have been COVID. Um, neither did, uh, uh, you know, neither did, um, you know, Elijah Holyfield well. I mean, right. if, he, if he'd have set those out, he probably would have got drafted too. Probably would have. That was um, a huge debate whether or not he should run and yeah, out there back. I'd love to ask Belichick. I don't know if I ever will because we just never – we don't talk to them. I don't know if anyone's asked him if he regrets uh, the decision to pass up on Chubb. I yeah. was – I was at Chubb's draft party the night they took Sony and um, I was scared. I was ready to leave because I, I felt bad for him, but I was also like, dude, this guy's kind of getting snubbed here. And, and they looked at him. They, they loved Andrew Thomas, obviously, and it didn't work out and look at not, I'm not taking anything away from Sony, but I mean, gosh, dude, can you imagine the hindsight of passing up on Nick Chubb? And it looked really wise in the beginning because Sony looked so good in that, that those playoffs as a rookie. Um, I think he scored five touchdowns his first two games. Right, it looked like, like it paid off in the short. And term, you know, right? and then but but that's why they drafted Sony. That's why they drafted Sony when they did. They drafted Win first, 
who hasn't turned out to be a bust, but hasn't been great either. He's had yeah, Win is who trouble. I meant. I said Andrew Thomas. Um, yeah, they uh, but they drafted Isaiah Win first, and they took Sony. And the, the whole reasoning behind that was let's get a late first round running back. Let's let him be dynamic for four years. Let's use him up. Let's let him go. That's that's. I mean, Jerry Jones I don't think said they that got about, four years out of him though. Yeah, I don't think they did either. No. But but they they ended up trading him before that. They could have got four years out of him. Um, they didn't pick up his option like well ahead of time. Like on the first day, they could say what they were going to do about his option. They didn't pick it up. But that's what Jerry Jones initially said about Emmett Smith too. Is you know they said, hey, we're going we're going to take this running back. We're going to pick him up. We're going to use him, you know, for three hundred carries a year, and then we'll let him go. But he was so good, they forced his hand, and they it looked like Michelle was going to be the pickup. And then you know, I mean, was the even when. You know, Chubb finished that rookie year the way he did. You know, he was actually over a thousand yards for a minute, and then got tackled for a five-yard loss. Yeah, nine ninety-six. Uh, but it did look like a smart move out of the jump. And there were plenty of Georgia faithful who thought Sony Michelle was the better back. You look there in the playoffs and what he was able to do against Alabama when when Chubb wasn't able to do it in the Oklahoma game, yeah. how he won MVP and carried that one. Um, I think a lot of people really hurt. Tony, yeah, and 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 the funny and, thing and, about Tony and Nick was, had the and Nick had the the injury concern. Yeah, I mean the and, but I mean, Sony turned out to be the one more vulnerable right. yeah. uh, from yeah. that aspect. And all of all of a sudden, another thing I realized about Sony Michelle too in the NFL is where did the pass catching Jesse of a running back go that played at Georgia? Like I thought he was, I thought he was going to be James White. Pass catching Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it said in the scouting report on NFL.com. I think I heard Sean Salisbury say that for the first time. So, Streets, so, like pass a, catching Jesse. He's a football Sony, throwing Jesse. Sony spent three years with the Patriots before they traded him to the Rams last season. And obviously, hey, you got a couple that Super Bowls out for him there. Um, and then to put that that postseason that 2018 postseason into perspective, uh, he was the first player since Terrell, Terrell Davis. Davis with more than four rushing touchdowns in one postseason. Oh yeah, you know I covered that Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that was the only you. touchdown in the game was Sony's. It was, it was, it was yeah. such a boring game, and we were in the elevator, didn't even get to see it. Like <laughs> get worked the Brilliant. career to try to cover one Super Bowl, it's in Atlanta, and you missed the only touchdown. In the and game. it was just I was absolute in, I was in that – probably that same elevator when um, when Justin Fields faked the punt Ooh. earlier that year. Don't take that elevator. I was standing next to Rob Say, and he said, is that Justin Fields back there faking that punt? And I said, yes, it is. Jake, and that's when I Jake, knew everything had gone wrong. <laughs> Jake sent me down to the field saying, okay – Hey Georgia, if if they're about to win a second straight SEC championship, go get some go get some video. And uh, I come out onto the field with a couple of angry texts from people being like, "What just happened?" And I'm like, "Why is Justin Fields and Jake Camarda? Why are they both walking off the field at the same time?" I knew I knew Georgia was in trouble on that play because everybody in the photo lineup against the sidelines <laughs> was like. Oh look, Justin Fields is out here. I wonder what's about to happen, dude. I saw it. I saw it happening. I didn't know what was going on. I looked down because I thought an Alabama player was hurt, and it was one. It was one of the kind of the second level defenders closest to the Georgia sideline who was who was basically having a seizure. He was losing his. He was. I mean, he was he was flailing about in a way that I never on the fake punt. Yeah, like on yeah. that play. Well, he was like he before was, the play. Fields ran on oh. the field. 
like he he looked he looked like me with with a few tequilas in him and and uh, and right above <laughs> it the sky lounge um, you know, little Drake, little Wayne comes on, just, you know, just goes into the epileptic chicken, uh, you know, doing those kind of dances. But, um, I dude, I just remember, I just remember when that happened, you, you got, you got to see men in black. The first one, mm-hmm. the, the bug. Yeah. Yeah. He comes in, he's like in that rotten corpse, like sugar, water. Yeah. That's how yeah. I felt. <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. That's how my innards felt. Like it felt like it, it felt like the body was about to melt off of them. I was like, no. Don't do no. that. Not only are you going to collapse and lose this game, but these people are going to blame this fake pun on me. I know they are. Um, and, and I think they ultimately did at some point. <laughs> yeah, we could have an entire, like, if people wanted to relive it, we could have an entire show. Maybe we that's our next show. show one night. We should relive you know, the thing. I, terrible I, I, Georgia never, moments that we can laugh about now. I've never shot away from this, Wes. I mean, all four of us are Georgia graduates. I went to Georgia. I went to games as a student. I snuck alcohol in the stadium. I had a, I had a couple of, I had a couple of, uh, um, you know, those airplane bottles. As Roos likes to say, who among the us inside of my has not? You know, like the brown water, done who, it all. I used to be a Georgia us, fan. I tell you what, I, the more I've thought about it, the, the more flat losses, water bottle works the best. The more losses do me worse now than they did then, and here's why I say that. Then it was just an individual thing, you know. Like I could get it off of my mind. Now I have to go to work to it. Yeah. And now I know like to come and talk with of, us if Georgia loses. I've so got the sucks. pain of thousands. <laughs> pain of thousands. You're a Christ-like figure. I mean, I hate to go sacrilege like that, but I mean. Hey, you know, Notre Dame's 10, got – Notre pain. Dame literally has Jesus in their yeah. – uh, football stadium backdrop and he is more part of the football backdrop than the religious culture hey i gotta tell matthew see something here real quick you can laugh about it now you won the title you got a chance to win a yeah come on matthew every every foible that happened in the past you can you can just just you can just laugh about them now you knew it was going to be worth it one day you're a champion fortunately you're here to see it you may be you're, back the current, back you're the current champion you're not only a champion you're the current reigning champion yeah, you're the reigning champ, champ. Of of both the SEC and and the nation. Yes. Um. I will. Uh. Let's see here. Let me get this comment off. No offense, Matthew C. Um. So let's talk about the transfer portal a little oh, bit I more. I, I think obviously smoke is a big development here over the last twenty four hours. But when you talk about rah rah, talk about this receiver, uh, Boone that Georgia wants to go after. What is happening there? Jake Rowe. Um, well, uh, I, well, I'll start with Marshawn Lloyd out of South Carolina. Um, I do think Georgia's going to going to make a make a run there. I don't know how hard. Again, I think Dell might be in a tough position there. If I'm just you know you know opining here, I think he might be in a tough position there from a hey, what's Roderick Robinson going to do? But he's also in a tough position as far as numbers go because if you look at it, um, Robinson. Andrew Paul coming off an ACL, Branson Robinson, and um, and uh, probably Dejon Edwards for sure. Those are the four I think you can probably count on, but maybe not. Dejon Edwards can go pro too. So then you got you got four. Well, what's Kendall Milton going to do? I think Kenny McIntosh is gone. I think Kenny McIntosh has to kind of capitalize on the season that he's had. He's got a year to come back if he wants. What's Kendall Milton going to do? Well, if Kendall Milton is definitely going to come back, George is going to be just fine. 
Um, and it may take a second window pickup for them, and they may get something big out of the second window. Maybe they could get a Will Shipley or, or somebody kind of moving out of their current situation. I don't know. Um, but but that's something you're looking at. And then as far as the receiver position goes. Jake, I'll, I'll stop you before you get yeah. into the receivers because I don't know that they're fine with just five running backs. I mean, Kirby has said before. Um, you know, Well, that's that typically would, been the number. Well, Kirby has said before that they prefer to have six that they've been at a deficit the last couple of years and had five. And we saw how five can turn into four very quickly. When well, somebody needs to tell Tony Carter. Carter here. Here. <laughs> Say what? Toenail. Somebody Ooh, what, a, what a deep dive you just Somebody needs to tell Tennille Carter that. Tennille Carter was pushed out of a class because he was the sixth back. He was. I'm joking. But no, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, I think some cases they would like six, some cases they'd like five. Um, Kirby's has been known to change his tune there before, too. Dude told me one time that they want five inside linebackers that they can rotate. And then I asked him, he's like, Well, I don't, you know, we don't have a number of linebackers we want to rotate. I think sometimes maybe he just lives in the moment. But either way, I think they need at least five. Well, and 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 that was right after the Andrew Paul stuff. So he was probably thinking the more the merrier here. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. that's that's exactly my point too. Is like you you talked about the second wave, and that's what's so important. And I, I keep reminding people of this. Think of like a guy like Brett Sither, right? I mean, n- no one had heard of Brett Sither prior to uh, prior Andrew to Paul. The, the early signing day. Are, no. are we ta- when we say the second wave? Are we talking about the second wave of transfers that happens in May after spring practice, or the, or the February signing day? Or both. I mean, either way, either way. I, I'm just thinking past early signing day in, right. in, in this scenario. I mean, there there essentially becomes a new evaluation period for a for any number of uh, thousands of kids across the United States. And Andrew Paul was chief among that last year. Brett Sither was like that. I mean, it's a situation where they're going to go back to the drawing board. Do they maybe go to the portal? Yes, that's possible. Uh, but also it's incredibly possible. I think that they turn back toward the high school ranks and find another kid and dig him out like they did with Paul last year. Yeah. Yeah. They could do that. They could, they could, you know, they could go Marshawn Lloyd. They could look and see what comes into the portal in the second window that opens up. They've got, they've got options. They could go with six. They need a minimum of five though. And I think that's where you're, you know, maybe they do want to add another one with whether Kendall Milton comes back or not. I don't know, but I think they can operate, um with five and and uh you know I, I do suspect that you know missing out on justice haynes is probably going to push him in that direction um and and you know they'll move on you know there because you know then you'll have dejon edwards will be kind of the old head around and again he's not guaranteed to come back i mean worst case scenario george got three backs best case scenario george's got five backs and uh either way palmer your point stands on they might add another Come hell or high water, and don't forget, and don't forget too, Dejan Edwards, a, a bit of a late take in his class. Yeah, uh, after sure. after the Tank Bigsby thing fell apart, and yeah, the but they recruited him pretty hard. Like they did, they, they kept like, they kept was, consistent, but but I think Evans and Bigsby were the two uh, right yeah. that they were trying to shoot for in that class. They miss on those guys, and Dejan was, uh, you know, people considered him. I don't even know that they considered him a bronze medal. He's turned into a, a, a pretty damn good player, and uh, was yeah. And I don't know uh, if that was necessarily their plan going in, but the staff is flexible and and they get the most out of the guys that they need to get it out of. I mean, Andrew Paul getting hurt. How much did we hear? We haven't talked about it in months now, but I I feel like it was a pretty hot button thing 
everyone kind of knew like Andrew Paul is making waves and then he got hurt mm-hmm. and, and uh, Branson, I think he had his moments. He had a big moment against Auburn. I think Auburn not taking anything away from him. I think Auburn had thrown in the towel, <laughs> throw in the damn towel. That's what yeah. Auburn had done. It's also um, the only time he got even remotely lathered up. Right. Um, That's know. what, like he had a, a chance to do it Yeah, against yeah. them. But, yeah, it's a totally different running back situation if Andrew Paul is healthy this year. Um, I don't know if we answered the wide receiver transfer report. Uh, we did not. Um, here's, where we stand, here's, where, here's where it stands on the wide receiver st- uh, standpoint. They've offered that we know of, that, have, you know, that, we, that we're positive of, three guys. And that is uh, Dante Cephas from Kent State, um, Rara Thomas, who was in town for an unofficial visit Saturday through Monday. Um, and I'm told that went really well. And then Dominic Lovett out of Missouri. Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett are 100% the top two targets. I don't know if Georgia can get them both, but it would be a home run if they did. Um, at that point, let's say Georgia stays whole um, at the pass-catching positions with Brock Bowers, A.D. Mitchell, and, and Lab McConkey sticking around. Georgia would have eight – I mean, sorry, five guys with legitimate 800-plus yard potential. If they were to get Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas, eight hundred legitimate eight hundred yards. You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, legitimate eight hundred plus yard potential. I, I mean, I think um, I think George is going to have a, a a good to decent shot at at both of each of these guys. It's just tough to say whether they've really got a chance to land them both. You, you tend to think they might scare each other off a little bit. I think Ra Ra Thomas is probably the best um, you know shot right now. We'll see if they can get him to shut it down. Uh, before he visits Auburn this weekend, he's from Eufaula, Alabama, which is very, you know pretty close to Auburn, very close to Albany, Georgia. Um, so you know you're gonna or Albany. Um, sorry, I, I shouldn't say Albany. With you know since I'm from down there, I dare you. No, uh, no excuses for that. Uh, I'll do some push-ups, and then um, you know so those are the main two. I don't see Dante Cephas visiting right now. It seems like interest is elsewhere. Um, I've kind of had some communication with Tez Walker, for, also from Kent State, the kid who had over 100 yards against Georgia this year. Doesn't sound like they've shown any interest there, and he really wanted both Georgia and Alabama um, to offer. He's got like seven offers now. He'll be at UNC um, here pretty soon. Just got back from Rutgers. Um, and we'll, we'll see kind of how everything else works out, but I think Georgia is going to have a good shot there with those. And I think Dominic Lovett, um, is there's a good chance that he's going to be on campus starting tomorrow. Um, for what I believe would be an, uh, an official visit. And, uh, you know, they're doing the photo thing. You know, Palmer wrote a story today. It's like recruiting. They're doing the photo thing with the players. I mean, listen, Ra Ra Thomas did it big. Dude put on a King outfit and took Some, pictures of Brian McClendon and Kirby Smart. Somebody um, said, somebody on Twitter said, somebody on Twitter said, transfer guys don't get the same bus to receive an offer again. Yes. We, we've been through this with you already. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Jake, because where they're at, both Jakes, that is. Where they're at right now, they have 11 guys on scholarship at wide receiver, and that's counting Cole Spear. They, why wouldn't have, you count Cole Spear? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thought that maybe he blue shirted or whatever, but yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. You've got four, <laughs> you've got four wide receivers committed in this class. That brings them to 15 before oh, yeah. you can consider the fact that they may go get a transfer. Are you thinking that somebody's leaving that room? No question. Absolutely. Somebody's Someone's got to be I mean, heading uh, out. You had so many – I mean, you had a few guys get acknowledged uh, there at senior day. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would I would be shocked if they didn't lose at least two, um, maybe three. And, and I guess that's that's what I was more curious about is like the number that you think they do lose because I mean, what they lose last offseason? They lost Jermaine Burton, Justin Robinson. Jalen Johnson, but he wasn't on scholarship. He was on scholarship, yeah. But, he was? Yeah, but he wasn't like a, a guy that you really, you know, fans really freaked out about losing. The reason, I mean, they've they've got to get more bodies and they've got to get more game-ready bodies because in, – It's in, because in, of what happened this this fall, and sense, we touched on that last week, right? In a sense, man, um, it doesn't really matter. The, the None of these freshmen matter that George is bringing in, not for 2023. It, that's the way they've got to think about it. Obviously, they're going to try to get them ready to play because there's some talented dudes in there. Um, but they need guys ready to play because Georgia was one play away. Georgia was that play in the SEC championship that got Lab McConkey hurt away from absolute disaster for 11 straight games this year. So, that so, been, what, you're, so what you're looking at is instead of them having 11 currently, you're looking at them having seven currently and then – More like – yeah, probably more like eight. Maybe yeah, because you can throw Dylan Bell into yeah the guys. Uh, Kirby it, Kirby I'll, spoke about it in it was early in the season, maybe fall camp, but someone asked him about expecting freshmen to make the most of their opportunities. He talked about Ad Mitchell, talked about Lad, um, but to his point, he's like, you look at the skill player positions, uh, they are statistically more likely to transfer. Therefore, you're statistically less likely to have seniority and depth mm -hmm. at well, receiver specifically, which was pretty interesting that they've already been able to kind of tabulate uh, specifically in those specific areas of need. Like, all right, these guys are just going to be harder to keep in the stable. Well, and, and it's the position that you need the most depth because they do have, statistically speaking, the most soft tissue injuries that you're dealing yeah. with. Because they run the most. They, right. they cover the most ground. And one thing I think we've also learned with this Todd Monk and offense is they will take a freshman, throw him out there, and live with it. They'll, they'll live with the lumps and the bumps and the bruises. Jermaine Burton, uh, Dylan Bell both did it back-to-back. -back. Yeah, Jermaine Burton AD. did it. A.D. Mitchell did it. Dylan Bell did it. Three back-to-back-to-back. You know, back to back. Um, not more than that, though. You know, um, so, you know, a Tyler so Williams. So, I, I, I guess Anthony my question. Evans, maybe one of those guys they can, you can kind of count on stepping in and playing major snaps for you. But but ultimately, they they can't be in the same position they were last year, especially when you consider that Darnell Washington is probably not going to be around this year and be right. that kind of take up a 12 personnel spot. They have Oscar Delp um, to go right there with, with Brock Bowers. But then, again, when you lose experienced players, the, the chain – the chain, you know, kind of it, it just moves on down the line, right? So you lose Darnell Washington. Oh yeah, bro, you know Oscar Delp's gonna step out. Well, who's gonna step in Oscar Delp's old role? You know, do well, they have anybody I, specifically ready to do that? Right, and that's that's kind of where you where you get yourself there. And I guess my question is, we we determined a number of five or six running backs that you want to have. What's that number? You think at wide receiver? Well, I'll tell you if, right now, if eleven is not enough, where they feel like they get they Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas, they're going to run some off, and they probably yeah. want to. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be. I'm looking, I'm looking at the roster. I've been over here reviewing the roster, right? All right, producer the, Roos. The three, the three okay, names, the three names that jumped off the page to me. Front office Roos over here. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say GM Roos about to make some cuts. No, I mean the three names that jump off the page to me. Anybody want to take a stab? 
Well, we had Uncle Glenn. Anybody below 96 lock. speed, 95 acceleration. <laughs> well, they're not making the cut. I promise you that at uh, at Oregon, uh, my, my 2000. Matthew C. and Uncle Glenn Hartley asked about Kyrus Jackson and Blaylock's yes, eligibility. Kyrus and Dom both have eligibility left. Yeah. Kyrus has one year, his COVID year. Dom has two, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kyrus would be a sixth year senior. Um, Dom came in. I think Kyrus is ready chickens. to try it to go. Dom, Dom would be That's in my his gut fifth feeling. year, but of course there's a there's a, a red shirt year in there because of the yeah. injury. Yeah. Now so Dom Dom has two left. I didn't I didn't really I I didn't really factor either of those guys in. Although All I right. could understand if you brought two transfer guys in, why either of those guys would consider trying to go somewhere and both else. Both of those guys are slot guys. So you tell me. You guys tell me something. If you think those two guys are going going to leave or candidates to leave, and you're really focused on bringing out outside receivers, I think it stands to reason that they want to take number eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McConkey. They want to take Lab McConkey, and they want to put him in the slot. And they probably want to put him in the slot with Ad Ra Ra Dominic Lovett playing outside of them. And then Georgia with Brock Bowers at tight end gets really really nasty looking in the passing game. Um, you know, if they can stay healthy. Yeah. And, and, right. and, and I've disagreed. I have disagreed with, with, um, Aaron Rodgers' brother. What's his Jordan. name? Jordan. Jordan, Jordan Rodgers. Rogers. I disagreed with Jordan Rodgers and, and Aaron Rogers. Murray at different times and some other guys talking about how Georgia just doesn't have the outside guys. I don't think that's right. I think that I think they're weak. You know what that there. is with Jordan? Jordan called that Missouri game when no one could get open. Yeah. And I've heard it too, Jake. He has like copied and pasted that analysis of Georgia's skill players for the entire season mm-hmm. after that one game. Yeah. Well, and and they didn't have they didn't have A. D. Mitchell in that game. They had Arian Smith was that was his first game back. Um and, and Ladd was putting it on the turf. Yeah, that was dropping them, you know, at that point in the year. So it was, right. it was my three tough. names. Now let, let me after our ten minute tirade here in between that the guys the guys that make the most sense. I haven't talked it, about the defense once. We have two unanimous All Americans on defense that I know Palmer's <laughs> itching to get to. Haven't talked about the defense about once. The Go ahead, roster, Jake. The current roster, right? There's three names that jump off the page to me as potentials. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but guys that I think. I would be interested in seeing how they were going to handle two guys coming in. Jackson Meeks. That's the first guy I was going to guess. One of my names. Absolutely. C.J. Smith, a freshman, and Denylon Denylon Morrison. Yeah. I think think the the two lesser-used freshmen and uh, a a sophomore who has – not necessarily found uh, his role yet, and and I'll tell you this: special I teams think, demon. Special teams. I agree, and and I like I, I think Jackson Meeks is a hell of a, a receiver. I think he worked the sideline. His high or his high school tape was really really impressive to me. I liked what he was able to do there. I thought he was a good. But, but I mean, it you know if we're gonna be brutally honest here, the fact that George is looking for two outside receivers in the portal kind of tells you what they think about him. Bingo. Um, at the receiver position, probably love the love the hell out of him. Probably would be like, "Hey, man, please stay. Yeah, please stay." What when we talk about these outside receivers that that you know could be looking for other opportunities? Marcus Rosemey is going to be in his fourth year. He's not going to be the number one receiver. A guy I mean, that could be scared off. Say what? 
a guy that could get scared off if you sign to and and, and he's he's he has a role he's proven that this year with no ad mitchell that he can do it yeah but it took him a little bit of time took him some games to get to become that guy but you know maybe maybe he doesn't get run off because right now guys he's probably fifth sixth option right right now and he's thriving and he's and he's seems to be a very big time team player i mean does he want to go somewhere after winning a couple of national championships and try to put up numbers, or does he want to kind of lean on his game? I mean, Kiaris Jackson said all the right things, um, but, you know, he's a guy that you want to, you know, look at. I mean, I think pretty much everybody. I mean, yeah. uh, Arian Smith, nobody out, wants to. Out, it's yeah. not like he's, he's not Jerry Rice, uh, you know, as as Dana Point Dog pointed out not too long ago. Quit talking <laughs> about this man like he's Jerry Rice. Dylan, uh, Dylan, he's, Dylan, Bell, Dylan Bell's safe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think Dylan Bell's a guy that they're, they're safe on. I mean, Dylan AD Bell, Mitchell, McConkey, those two are safe. I would throw AD Mitchell, Mitchell, I believe, can enter the draft. I think it would be very, very foolish to do so. Um, and if he doesn't, I pretty much can, you know, I pretty much feel really good about him coming back, unless for some reason he got Ooh. scared of Georgia bringing a couple and, of Unless he gets a little bit of Jermaine Burton in his ear. Yeah. Uh, Who's yeah. that? Arian? Arian? No, uh, AD Mitchell. But I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too. You know, concerned about that because of the way that we're, we're, in, cons- for- we're, we're in conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, we're, we're, we're I think, back in. I, I think what we're getting to is, is that I think what we're getting to is is that too no many receivers is not going to be a problem. Yeah. Um. The, the, and if they've got too many receivers, I think they'll just live with it. Because one thing about receivers over offensive and defensive linemen is they not only can play special teams for you, they can play on just about all the special teams for you. If you're not protecting. I got, on a field goal, you you are almost not going to play as a lineman on special teams. Yeah, you've got um, the two personal protectors. Maybe yeah, on, three, on punt, and that's basically and that's it. it. Rushing field goals, but covering punts, blocking, you know, you know, punt return, kick return, all that stuff is is usually, you know, reserved for freakish, um, you know, talents and uh, Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker, and uh, Michael Williams. Uh, has played it too, so I mean they've they've had some good guys. I, I don't, I just don't think, I don't think we're 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 in a realm where where receiver is going to be an issue. But I will say this: um, it's not going to shock me if Georgia ends up taking four or more players out of the portal this year. Um, after not taking any last year, I think they want two receivers. I think uh, you were at would three you, would the you last time we talked, so now you're yeah, at the four. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Palmer like kind of like sat back and took a breath when you. Well, said I mean, that. look, guys. I mean, <laughs> would you be Palmer, surprised if they only took Palmer needs a handkerchief? Ooh. They want at least two receivers. He's getting the vapors. <laughs> they, they want at least two receivers. Smoke Bowie's in there, and I really believe George is going to take him, and 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 they're probably going to get him. They're and and you know we're they're not going to get Justice Haynes, so you're looking at a running, back. running back. I think that and then they might if it's the right third receiver, they might take a third receiver. They might try to take a five technique. I mean, are you telling me they're, if a third five technique jumped into the transfer portal, they're not going to no, be all no over question, them? No question in my mind. If if the right guy came in at an at an edge or a five, uh, there's no question in my mind he may jump to the number one want in the portal for Georgia. In in yeah. My, it may jump to the number one one after they sign this class. I agree. You know, listen, we're not going to be we're not going to BS you here. They need to get they need to get Sam and Pimba and Gabe Harris and, and David. They, Wilson they need to get David Wilson on, signed yeah. on the dotted line, and then they need to go find some support um, for for the edge, uh, you know, position whether it's the defensive end or whether it's an outside linebacker. So I don't I don't I know Kirby doesn't like hypotheticals, but clearly we've gotten into them here. 
I'll throw one more y'all's way. And and Roos, you touched Kirby, on. If Kirby, listen, if Kirby wants to, you know, you know, bitch and moan about about hypotheticals, he can. He's welcome to come on the show. <laughs> We welcome it. We welcome it. In fact, yeah, come come to our house, Kirby. I, I think within within the next five years, we can get Kirby on the show. That's a goal. So, I have it written down, and I I think we can make it happen. Kirby Smart, what do you know about my throwing? Question, <laughs> my question becomes: You've got four scholarship quarterbacks right now. One of those does not have eligibility left, and that's Stetson Bennett. You're down to three. You're not. Currently slated to sign anyone in 2020. Are we sure Stetson Bennett doesn't have the infinity gauntlet? He, you know, he, he very well could. I, I don't, he very well could. But I don't you're know what's to, going on with all y'all's internet tonight. I don't think Stetson has eligibility. He doesn't. Po- po- point is, you're down to three scholarship quarterbacks that have eligibility. He might Andy. take Buster Faulkner's job, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're down to three scholarship quarterbacks that have eligibility remaining. One of those it, between... Uh, Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift is assumed to be leaving at some point, probably after spring practice, once they've gotten a chance to duke it out a little bit. Do we think Georgia goes after a quarterback in the portal? No, I, I don't. Mean, do we think that they feel comfortable with two scholarship quarterbacks? No. It, I, I, it, it has to be Dan Marino coming through a time portal. I, uh, they would I, love to find a Stetson Bennett in the transfer portal. I, yeah, I but but the, the, the deliberate nature of quarterbacks in the portal makes it really, really tough because you know they those quarterbacks have standards too, and they're not really trading in, you know, they're not really trying to transfer in to be a backup. So can you um, find somebody in the second cycle of 23 recruiting? I mean, I don't, I, know that- I don't see them going that way. I don't, I don't, I think Georgia is okay to move into the spring. That's uh, what we saw with Arch Manning, right? And and I, outsiders can say it's sour grapes all they want, but we've kind of established that going after Arch was just kind of gravy, right? Like, yeah. we get them, we get them, we don't, we don't. We're gonna yeah, survive. They, 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 aimed, they aimed high on a couple, two or three other guys. Yeah, they made they made runs at a couple other names uh, that that uh, people would be familiar. familiar I mean, I think with. right now, I mean, Jackson Arnold was yes, one of yeah, them. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think we're free to former president that out. Yeah, Jackson Arnold was one of them. <laughs> yeah, he was Secretary of Treasury. I think um, they but, made a run at that kid that was committed to Baylor. <laughs> but I think that um, I no, they they've they've made a run at a couple of guys. Right, they checked in on a couple guys. It, from everything I've been told, Georgia is okay to move into the spring with things as they stand because they believe that all three of those guys will make it through the spring. Now, what happens after the spring is TBD. But That's what I'm saying is, but we've is you have to find things. somebody in February, assuming that one of those guys is going to leave. But Otherwise, you got to take somebody from the portal. Otherwise, you're left with two scholarship quarters. And Georgia's right. done it before. They did it, it with Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. It'll, well, it, and, and, and they did but then they went out and got two scholarship quarterbacks so that they could have three. And then they had two again. And then they had two again because because Dewan Mathis had a hole in his head. That was because Dewan Mathis had brain surgery. They did not. But I'm just saying they know it's possible. What I I keep telling people, too, is you have to remember Darian Kendrick. Uh, JT I thought you were about to say Jackson Muschamp. No, 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 JT Daniels, Darian Kendrick. Those guys both showed up 
well into JT Daniels the, is in the, the latter part of JT the Daniels year. is in the portal. Are we going down that? <laughs> Don't how dare, how, dare <laughs> how dare you invoke that? I'll tell Although, you what, though. I'll tell you what, guys. Guys, listen, I got I gotta th- I gotta throw a wrench in this real quick. Would it not be the most JT Daniels thing ever to be the first guy to revisit the same school? Would it, no, I said the other day, would it not be the most Georgia yeah, but he thing went to ever? Junior college would it not be the most Georgia thing ever? Yeah, but he went to West Virginia. I know, but I know I'm talking about going to like, of course, Palmer. I'm saying like to go from like wire to wire portal guy, FBS, FCS school to another or FBS school to another. Like, I, I don't know that it's, I mean, you I, know, and then come back. It's never been done. I think, I I think hope it's it a possibility for Buster Faulkner at Georgia Tech, but I'll leave that thing. Yeah, it, it could be. None of this stuff makes sense. That's the problem. There, there's these windows that there's we no talk precedent. About, the, 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 the windows that we talk about are, are suggestions at best. I mean, these guys continue, people continue to show up, they continue to find ways to transfer. Oh, it's just, it's just like NIL. I mean, exactly. it really is. It's just like NIL. And then the funny thing is, is I never thought. I never thought in a million years that we could bring all of the, we could take all of this money and bubble it up to the surface on top of the table. And the complaining about getting paid would get <laughs> even worse. Okay. So, so I'll just, like Dave Biddle is over there just crying in his cereal about <laughs> Georgia getting some, getting some, you know, Dame, Damon Wilson, Dave Biddle, you're free to come on the show as well. Um, <laughs> Just, I, just, I guess I guess what I'll welcome say here is, all takers. We'll take on all comers. <laughs> I, I guess I guess what I'll say here is don't do, flip. Do you think Georgia goes into 2023 with two scholarship quarterbacks? I think it's a very real possibility. Bruce? Very real. I think it's a very real possibility. Yeah, I know. defensive coordinator's son will be the third quarterback. I'm not going to cross it off of the. Uh, I'm not going to cross that off the possibility because I don't. Because honestly, I don't. I think if Brock Vandergriff, Austin Kirksey's dad think, is the defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> is, Austin, is he still around? <laughs> I don't think so. He, can, God, I, 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 he was on the 17. Colin Drake, I think, is is the other. Uh, Austin Kirksey was on here's the, 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 the here's the thing you look at. You can't avoid it. You can't uh, really avoid it. Not not and get somebody better than one of your walk-ons, really. Because you know, if you go through spring, you've got three going into the spring. No quarterback really wants to jump into that situation either. Um, where you've got three competing for right. a job. I, I don't think the portal yeah, have, it, it could have, end up being not right now. And twenty four and twenty four is taken care of already. Yeah, right. you have to remember that. So it's not like this is a a, a long term problem that's going to continue. And they'll probably, if that were to be the case, right? They can continue to recruit twenty four for a second guy. I don't know that they'll do that, but twenty four is set, right? The two the two quarterback situation to me, yeah, I think it's I I do think it's very possible. The constant refrain I have heard essentially since I would say probably early August, which was the last time that I heard about Georgia really making a, a kind of a serious run at Jackson Arnold uh, around that, that time frame, uh, was, has been, no, they're not going to, yeah. it's not going to be a second guy. And I think if you're Georgia and you're talking about your roster spot right there, I think the one, the one way you do have to treat it to Palmer's point is all right. The loser of, the competition, the guy who doesn't win the competition in the spring or looks like he's further behind because they're not going to settle in the spring between Beck and Vandegrift, I think you've got to kind of hold that spot for what it is. 
and it's a quarterback spot. And then, you know, if one of those guys walks after spring, let's say April, you know, whatever, May, whatever, probably on a – May 1st is the the new – is the next – portal entry date yeah okay so yeah. then you know let's say may 1st um you know one of those guys jumps in the portal um george so go ahead and pre-write and schedule your story on on brock vandegrift for may 1st at- well it may be it may be carson beck i don't know may i don't think gunner Stockton's going anywhere um but um no yeah i don't think it will be either but you know i don't also don't want to count brock vandegrift out completely either because he's a really good player uh, but but I think that I think what you what you kind of go into there is you're like all right well if one of those guys enters then you deal with that then um, still going to be incredibly tough to get a quarterback at that point but I think you're more likely to find a quarterback in the May fourth first portal window that is transferring maybe for a better situation but maybe knows it's going to be a, find it a little bit tougher yes. to find a place to start and you can find a guy and he may be a one year rental. I mean, he may be a guy that comes in and does something for you and graduates. Mercenary. You know, a mercenary that graduates over the summer or something, and he's gone by the next season. Yeah. At least you got a third in there. It's just all going to depend on how they feel about that, how they feel about their walk-ons, um, and how they feel about their spots. I just don't think they can get and, – and they know more about roster management than I ever will, but I just don't think they can get too aggressive and get over the number like they've been doing to where they have to lose transfers and then they don't lose enough that they can't go get another quarterback. How about those two first team uh, defenders? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Unanimous Here's America. the deal. It's hard to get quarterbacks. It's hard it's to get your situation break. right. It's not hard to get a t shirt from Breaking Tea. The mailman has a couple options for you guys if you want to check that out. Uh, quite a not few, actually. Walk on's a nice one. If you're a big uh, Brock Powers guy. could be a backup quarterback for. So apparently, we got it in the comments here from Andy Stowe. Austin Stogner went to. Oklahoma, South Carolina, back to Oklahoma. Ah. Did, did he? Did he just announce? Good job, Andy. Back to Oklahoma. Wow, Andy, Andy over here. We need to, Andy is our stat guy, man. He's he's our, he's our research. He's our uh, research guy over here. He's our top, our top uh, Georgia shower. Our <laughs> oh, our Glenn golden Martin, shower. Do you like that, uh, guys? Not, let's not chop some either. wood. We have been talking. Yeah, he's coming so back. much about the portal. I think that we are really onto something here. We need a portal show, just a total portal show. Um, Palmer, let's chop some wood about the guys I I teased earlier. Yeah, these uh the, the duo of of unanimous All Americans that Georgia's got on the defensive side of the f- football. It's rarefied air, man. I mean, Georgia ha- has done something special here. Um, you know, I went back and looked at at how many unanimous All-Americans Georgia has had in its history? Uh, the answer there is 13. Um, goes back, first one it was in 1942 with Frank Sinkwich. Charlie Trippy was on there. Herschel Walker was on there three times. Garrison Hurst, uh, Royce Smith, Drew Butler, Jarvis Jones. All those were between 1942 and 2012. Georgia Logan, had- Gray. Logan Gray was on there, I think. <laughs> Georgia had seven, nine if you want to count Herschel's one, two, ID and team. three, seven in 92 seasons. They have had six in the last six seasons. So you're telling me that Kirby Smart is developing talent. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Roquan Smith in 2017, Andrew Thomas in 2019, and then back-to-back years with two, uh, with a duo of defensive players, 
unanimous All-Americans. Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean last year, Jalen Carter and Christopher Smith this year. Uh, Georgia certainly has has established itself under Kirby Smart as as the best spot in college football to play defense. Uh, like I said, five of those six. Um, shout out Andrew Thomas as the only offensive guy. Um, but five of those six that Kirby has had have been on the defensive side of the football. And it says a lot about what, uh, A, Jalen Carter has done this year coming back from injury. Um, I don't want to hear any any uh, you know character concerns with him. And B, what Chris Smith has yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, might as, might as well address that. What's the deal with that? I haven't heard anything. You're muted, Jake. Todd McShay is just really stirring the pot right here. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping. It's, no, it's, I'm hoping it's the Falcons that are putting that out there. Yeah, he's little, but, I mean, but, but he's he stepped in it like twice in two weeks with with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Jalen Carter. Yeah. I mean, guys, I don't doubt that he's probably heard some scouts say there are some character concerns. I mean, he almost got into a fight before the Missouri game. They're trying to pick kids apart. It doesn't mean it's a major issue. It doesn't mean they're they they you know think he's hiding bodies or anything. It just means that they're just kind of worried that maybe he doesn't have the best judgment. Um, you know, and I'm not standing up for Todd McShane when I say that he should have worded it differently. That was that was you know BS the way he kind of uh, just laid it out there and let people take it. Very it. vague. That it wasn't was, the it best. Was, yeah, it was trolly. It was it was kind of troll like um, the way he did that. And you know, well, whatever. I mean. It's, Ask Jaden Daniels least, at least about Scott, Todd McShay seems to be in good health now. That's that that's what matters. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go there, y'all. Uh, Jaden Daniels can testify about Jalen Carter's character decisions because Jalen Carter could have didn't, murdered him. Didn't slam him down to yeah. the ground. God, some of the memes of like him holding up a child in an LSU thing are just so great. No, really that? underrated moment. It, in the moment, it was cool to see. I didn't know at the time it was going to result in all these uh, fantastic memes. Um, I'll pick up the next chopping wood. I'll pick up the axe here. I'm going to chop wood about uh, a lot of the Ohio State fans I've seen talking about a Mercedes-Benz Stadium takeover, and they are basing this on the fact that they sold out some sort of allotment of their tickets uh, within a certain amount of hours or days or whatever i don't know they they bought up a lot of tickets and that's great they're a fantastic top five college football fan base i think georgia and ohio state fans are long overdue for this melting pot of scarlet and red and black and gray and all this it's going to be great i will just warn you that regardless of how many tickets you think you got georgia has more and that's just the way it's going to go and uh I'm not saying that you won't travel well. I'm just saying temporary expectations. I saw a lot of LSU fans, too, for the SEC championship game. They like to party in Atlanta as well. But it's just different when you play Georgia at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, especially ever since this season started. I mean, Stetson Bennett feels as comfortable in that building. I don't know if it's because Todd Munkin opens the playbook for him or what it is. But Stetson is in Mercedes-Benz Stadium like it is a custom tailor-fit suit. He's playing in there as, as well as he's played at any point in this season. So it's Kirby's house right now. I know Ohio State fans are going to travel. They're going to show up well. I, do, I would just say 
uh, Georgia's probably going to show up a little bit better and a little bit louder. And I'll eat my words if I'm wrong about that. And Ohio State has some crazy home field neutral advantage. But right now, I just don't see it happening. Well, Wes, this is going to be like kindling wood by the time we get through with it because I'm just going to chop the same wood you did, uh, but in a different way. Um, I'm old enough to remember when Michigan took over the Orange Bowl, and they did take over the Orange Bowl, and it didn't matter. So, um, you know, you got to really take over a stadium for it to matter. Um, you got to get 95% of 90 whatever for it to kind of matter from a noise standpoint, from an energy standpoint, I feel like. I mean, I don't honestly don't feel like if you're Ohio State and you get 57% to 43% or 60-40 like Michigan did last year on Georgia, maybe 70-30, that you're just going to have enough juice to kind of change the game there. Um, you know, you get out and support. I'm sure Ohio State fans are going to show up. They've got a fantastic team that's really talented and one that can beat Georgia if Georgia doesn't bring its A game. But I watched, uh, watched their oldest oldest and most bitter rival um, that you know was coming off a dominant win over Ohio State walk into the Orange Bowl last year with a lot of maize and blue, so much maize and blue. And uh, as I've said a few times on this podcast, Georgia painted the back porch red. <laughs> they used a roller. They did. All right, All Jake, right. take us home. Yeah, I'm going to chop wood today on uh, Kirby the Closer, right? That's what you've got. Uh, you've earned the reputation. That's what it's about. That's what people say. Uh, you got to close it on Damon Wilson. Um, I projected Damon Wilson in my mock class that I re- released earlier today over at Dogs HQ. I encourage people to go check both of those mock classes out and uh, you know see what we think that they're going to finish with. But Damon Wilson, in my mind, there's nothing more important to finish this class out with. Uh, Jordan Hall, huge recruit, major need, right? Uh, Daniel Harris, uh, a wide or a defensive back that they would love to add to this class. Smoke Bowie, another one. These two wide receivers that we're talking about out of the portal, yeah, probably a, a, also a huge need. You have got to revamp this edge room uh, in the uh, absence of, of Nolan Smith and Robert Beal. And I think that Georgia has to take steps forward to do that. Damon Wilson is the missing piece. Uh, Samuel and Pimba already in for this class and a tremendous player in his own right. Uh, Damon Wilson, number four in the nation per on three overall. And I think that he's a guy who could really, really step in and make his impact felt early in his career. So in my mind, Kirby, if you want to keep the closer title, that's the guy you got to close on. All right. Apt. Very apt analysis there, Jake Roos. You are the closer of our show. This may be the longest episode we've done, but there's a lot of ground to cover and kind of surprised me because it's not even a game week. But uh, we made a lot out of a little. I- I'll say we made a lot. I won't say we made a lot out of nothing. Can we you imagine how long this thing would have been if Palmer would have talked in the first 25 minutes? <laughs> That's what Palmer was doing. He was just – it was load management. He knew that we were going to have to finish strong, and that's what he did. So that was very wise of uh, young Palmer Toms. Y'all hit subscribe on this thing. Uh, sign up for our premium uh, subscription package at dogshq.com. It's not really a package. It's just one thing. It's $10 right now. Uh, y'all go it's do that. It's four of us, though. Right, that is the package. You're right. That's and the you get the package. whole on three network. You can go read all the uh, opposing teams' yeah. message boards. So all the oh man, listen. I, I, I spend a lot of time on those. I'll be honest. <laughs> it would it'd be it was it's worth five hundred dollars a year. You want to talk about stirring the pot? Stirring it's, the it, pot over here. 
it was worth $500 for a Georgia fan to read the Tennessee board after that game. I'm just telling you. Yeah, we got now, some we got some now, screen grabs shared on now. Now on you know. One. Listen, if, if you if you want to Venmo me five hundred dollars, I'll go back and screenshot everything from that day <laughs> and send it to you. So. Uh, there's a lot to enjoy in the transfer portal news, nuggets, notes, and uh, of course National Signing Day a week from right now. Uh, we're gonna have to figure out exactly where we're all going. But I know we'll be somewhere, and I know we'll be streaming, and we'll be talking about it, and uh, we'll be breaking down this dog's top class, whether or not Justice Haynes is in it. Y'all keep the faith. Kirby the Closer is here, as Jake Roos has given him the title. Yeah, Roos, for- and Roos definitely said that if, if Kirby doesn't land Justice Haynes, he has lost the title of Closer. Yep. So, <laughs> he said yeah, he's going to yeah. take it. He's going to take it for himself. Quote. Quote. <laughs> Y'all have a great week. Uh, be good. Peace.